started it. Oh, God. All right. Today is October 26th, 2023. Block 813.981. If you want to buy a Bitcoin with Canadian dollars, you got to pay 47,336 Canadian dollars. That's inspiring. Because Canadian dollars suck. <laughs> uh, Jedi Fam episode number eight, three, two, one. What's up? Hello, Jedi Fam. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Tash is currently a week 37 of her pregnancy, and Willow is getting ready to pop. She She's already popping. She could come any day now, folks. Technically, so. she could come any day. We'll keep you all posted. If you don't know anything about pregnancy, you're, the baby can come out from between 37 weeks and 42 weeks, which is crazy to think about. Just casually a month in between. Yeah, we're like in, in like limbo zone right now. We are, <clears throat> yeah. All right, embrace the limbo. Yep. Uh, if you listen to this on Fountain, you'll get paid Bitcoin. Use Fountain app to listen to podcasts. It's way better. You get paid sound money. And Jedi Fam is sponsored by Soul Freedom, S-O-L-E Freedom. Most shoes today mess up your feet. Soul Freedom sells natural shoes, which help you heal your feet. And I literally can't wear anything else but that now. It's like yeah. so hard. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Once you go to natural, you cannot go back. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, 75% of shoe wearing people in the world suffer from foot pain at some point in their lives. And half of those people, it ends up limiting their activities at some point. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have foot problems and not a lot of people seem to realize the shoes they wear every day are what's messing up their feet. Because most people think it's like jeans, right? Yeah. And, and like the bunion stuff or flat footed or... Yeah, and the people they go see, the quote-unquote experts, literally just reinforce this idea that they can't do anything about it. And uh, So crazy. Yeah, so go to soulfreedom.ca, use the code JEDIFAM, you get 7% off, and we receive 5% of what people spend with that code to support the podcast and our fam jam. So, today, we are going to talk about dopamine. Yes. So... Maybe we start by giving context as to why we chose mm -hmm. to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, well, you recently did a social media detox. I'm still on it. Is that, is that what we should call it? You're off social media. I'm off social media. Yeah. And why'd you do that? Because I had been learning a lot about the labor process and nervous system stuff. I'm like, basically have, I have more time on my hands right now. So like I've been nerding out more on stuff that are really sciencey and learning about the brain and dopamine and oxytocin and adrenaline and cortisol. Those are all like different things we get to experience and they're all, I mean, everything is connected but I was basically like, okay, how can I have, how can I ensure my body has like the best experience during labor, knowing what I know, and I don't need to go into too many details about it, but a lot of it has to do with like how present you can be in your body and how much you're able to let yourself feel like the environment that you're in and you feel, you know, yourself and you feel connected to your heart and yeah, you're just like in, you know, when you're like very present and you're connected to things around you and you feel that pleasure from simple things. And about a month ago, I was like, realized I was walking 
to my favorite coffee shop. And fall is my favorite time of year. And I remember having my phone, having my, my headphones on, trying to play music, like some of my favorite songs. And I'm looking at these trees changing colors and usually old Tash would have been like fucking thriving in that moment. It would have been like, oh my God, like life is like, and I feel it, right? It's not just like I'm telling myself like oh, I'm doing these things and I, you know, I don't know. Like I'm just doing these things and that's it kind of thing. Like I usually have like very deep experiences of presence. Like I feel the tree. I feel the music in my body. I feel where I'm at and I feel very connected to it. And I didn't feel any of that. <laughs> And it kind of scared me. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Like, I should feel, I should feel something right now and I'm not. And what's happening? Like, I just felt disconnected and there was nothing that like could explain that disconnection. And I just knew, usually when I feel that I'll take like a couple of days off socials or like literally disconnect or reconnect basically. But I knew this time wasn't enough. And I knew that if I wanted to have the best labor experience and if I really wanted to make the most out of my season right now, I needed to do something different. And yeah, I started learning about dopamine. <laughs> and it went down the rabbit hole. I went down the rabbit <laughs> hole. And that just, I think both of like when we learn about something new, we like, we just like, you know, share and like talk about the topic and, we go pretty full on. We go, yeah, very deep in. And kind of extreme people. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, and I and I had been feeling it too because I think mm -hmm. the world is getting uh, more chaotic. And I think like now my, my source of news is like a well-curated Twitter um, crew. It's called mm -hmm. X now, whatever. Um, and that's like my source of truth. I find people who are good at determining truth and I follow them so that I can get like, you know, I dive in, get a bunch of signal, learn about what's yeah. going on in the world uh, from people who know what's up and are doing research. And I felt myself being pulled into this, you know, technology portal really strongly because right now there's mm -hmm. a lot of crazy shit going on and, you know, things that would be crazy enough that they would be like the craziest thing of the year are now happening like every month. Right. Or every week. Every week. So it's getting kind of crazy. So I felt myself uh, being sort of loop, roped into this little dopamine slot machine in my pocket. Mm -hmm. um, and caught myself rationalizing different reasons why it's okay that I'm doing right. that. And then I was like, whoa, I need to chill. And I actually used to do this when I was building TFC and especially with a lot of social media stuff. I used to take a monk week every quarter, which is seven days every quarter, go completely off grid, get off tech. And it was like super nourishing. And I think it actually yeah. just recalibrated my dopamine system so that I yeah. wasn't as hooked on it. And That's so that exactly I wasn't as, as dependent on it. Right. Yeah. And this, like you said, this no, I can relate to that notion where it's like you're walking around in fall, the leaves are changing. It's literally psychedelic. It's so psychedelic. And if you don't really see the wonder in that, then maybe your dopamine threshold has been calibrated so high because we have so many hypernormal stimuli available to us. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, he basically calls it like the baseline. Your base, your baseline level for dopamine, so your ability to feel that, the more dopamine hits you get when we can get into all the details or whatever. But like, let's say you're spending all day scrolling on your social media. Let's say you uh, do all the things to get dopamine highs. Um, 
the bigger the high, the bigger the crash in the low. And the more you just keep hitting that high, hitting that high, hitting that high, your dopamine baseline lowers every single time, which is crazy. So it's like things that used to bring you a little bit of joy, which was also another thing I was experiencing. It's like, I used to love my mornings of like slowness and coffee and like journaling. And I wasn't feeling any pleasure in that anymore. And I, again, it's so easy to bring up, blame it on pregnancy, right? Like, oh, it must be my hormones. It's like, no, no, it's just dopamine is like fucked right now. Like I just need to reset it. Sorry, totally did not mean to cut you off like that. No, it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we both felt ourselves getting into it. You were doing uh, a longer than usual sort of pause from social media Mm -hmm. to the point where you haven't even gone back. Uh, We started learning about and talking about dopamine more. And yeah, just really realizing how much uh how many hypernormal stimuli there are day to day that can mm-hmm. that that can make it so that we're literally just all doped up all day right and that's where the word dope came from and dopamine yeah exactly so yeah i think today i mean we don't have like a specific how to's of like how we're going to navigate this conversation but i have so many notes on like all the podcasts i was listening to and specifically the ones from organic olivia and andrew Huber- huberman is that this huberman <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Huberman. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Huberman. He's got a few on dopamine. Yeah. Um, if you want to go deep, listen to those. Yeah. They're about two hours long each. So I probably invested like six hours of like online research and podcast listening just to dopamine. So I'm just excited to share it with you guys because there's a lot of shit in here. I did not know. Like I did not like just the simple fact that dopamine is... Um, it's responsible for motivation slash drive, pleasure and learning. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that dopamine was no wonder. So many of us feel so like disconnected, anxious and depressed, you know, like there is literally no fucking motivation in our generation. And it's, I, they're extremes. Like it's either like these massive, like, gotta be successful but it's like not really a dopamine high it's almost like a burnt out high and then there's like crashes that happen but another thing that he was saying a lot that I really appreciated is that and I think it's good to say at the beginning of this podcast is that dopamine is actually a good thing yes dopamine is good like it's not about not having dopamine or not allowing ourselves to experience dopamine highs it's not about that dopamine is a good thing The problem is, is that we have an unhealthy relationship with pleasure and pain and we don't know the difference and our society is very comfortable, meaning you can just like press a button on your phone and get Amazon delivery next day when back in the day, dopamine was actually the motivator to get us out of our little tribe and communities to go and forage food and find a spring and hunt the animal get the dopamine high of like reward like yes and then come home yeah so yeah we'll get into we'll we'll keep this we won't go too deep down the theoretical biochemical (laughs) rabbit hole like i i love that shit my undergrad is in uh biology and chemistry and are you saying you smart boy nah that doesn't mean (laughs) shit i just wasted a lot of time and money um But I do kind of relate probably with the biochemical terms more than the average person. Yes, same. Um, Even though I don't have an undergrad in biology, but... But we're not going to go into that realm. We'll keep it more to like plain language, 
Um, and more importantly, sharing sort of our cheat codes for how we're regulating ourselves in a world drowning in dopamine. So mm-hmm. why don't we start with just like, what is dopamine mm-hmm. from, you know, without going too deep down the chemistry rabbit hole, what is dopamine? It's a type of neurotransmitter slash neuroceptor in the brain. I think it's a neuromodulator. Neuromodulator. That's what it is. And, and to be clear, neuromodulator and neurotransmitter neurotransmitters are cell to cell communication. So they're local communication between two neurons. Whereas a neuromodulator mediates, um, it influences the communication of many neurons. So like a neurotransmitter Mm -hmm. is nerve to nerve. Neuromodulator is like this giant cluster of neurons gets affected by this. I love how we just said we wouldn't do the biology. We're not going that deep. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Okay. People want to learn some stuff. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm sorry if I sound out of breath. I think like my lungs are just like starting to lose space. I can hear it in the headphones. I'm like, you don't sound that out of breath. Okay. That's good. Um, but long and short of that is dopamine coordinates groups of neurons and basically determines which circuits are active and which ones are inactive. Cool. So yeah, we're just bags of chemicals. Basically, yeah, we're we like are. chemical soup bags and how mm-hmm. we behave in the world and the things we consume is essentially us alchemizing our own. We're like engineering how to get high off our own supply right exactly but it can be abused very easily very easily so i actually wrote down the just like um the amounts of times our dopamine multiplies through certain things through any like um external things whether they're unhealthy or healthy Uh, just to give an idea of what what happens basically so again i think it's like important to just remember we all have a baseline for our dopamine and some of it can be just natural in terms of our nervous system because it's funny enough of course this all makes sense but uh, your dopamine levels and how you're experiencing dopamine in your brain obviously it's going to impact your nervous system because that your brain is the nervous system and how you perceive life and how connected you are in your body through your nervous system on an everyday basis, which is really fascinating. So yeah, some, he was, Andrew Huberman was basically explaining how, um, we all have a baseline of dopamine and a lot of it can come from genes, like our genetic formula, basically from our families. That's why like, anyways, we're not going to get too much into it, but so you have a baseline and when you experience something that gives you dopamine, whether it's unhealthy or healthy, you peak and then as you peak with your dopamine it's like a little roller coaster you have to come back down in order to come back into your baseline you have to drop below your baseline in order to find your equilibrium yes your middle ground your baseline where you are in the first place so just an idea okay when you eat chocolate your dopamine times what kind of chocolate they didn't, they didn't spe- specify milk or dark, but I'm assuming it has to do with the cacao content in it because that is the thing I was thing just being that, sarcastic, but I oh. <laughs> like how you took that. Well, 98% co- cacao. <laughs> well, because I know that cacao has L-dopa in it and, or it has something in it has that- theobromine. Yeah, which- which supports aldo again i'm not getting everything right here but anyways i got a lot of fucking notes so chocolate, chocolate. it times your dopamines 1.5 times 
So it's not that much, but it's a decent amount. Then you have sex, which most of it, which is interesting, it's not just the act of of sex, but mostly the pursuit of sex doubles your dopamine. And this is like considered a healthy, you know, a healthy um, activity to do to have less of a high, high and a low, low of a dopamine. Like it lasts longer, which is considered, which is what you want basically. And, and even just to interject here is like dopamine is a chemical reward system that that evolution has given us to nudge us towards behaviors that are good for our survival. Yes. So sex is good for our survival. Our body gets us high when we have sex as a nudge to say, have more sex. Yes, exactly. Sugar also is -hmm. another one. Right. And you know, back in the day, if you live in the in South America right now, the only way that you get a really purified form of sugar is you climb a giant tree, risk right. your life, invade a bee's nest to steal mm-hmm. their honey, get stung a million fucking times, mm-hmm. risk your life, and then you get all this honey, which the dopamine is a good thing in that case because yes. you have to do a hard thing to take risk in order to get this substance that is really important for survival, yes. which is highly dense energy in sugar form. And in that example, your dopamine high that you're getting from that much effort and that that healthy level of reward after, your dopamine high will last hours. Let's say I want sugar now and I just go to the grocery store and just pack it in right away. My dopamine level is going to last about two minutes. But it's going to be a giant it's spike. It's going to be a giant spike because there was, there was no effort. And then a giant crash. Yeah, and then because you... Every high high has a low low yeah. in order to come back into your own equilibrium. It's so. kind of like a pendulum. They're, totally. Uh, a it's a lot of extremes. Love, a saying I love is there's no biological free lunch. So if you induce a huge high mm-hmm. through a drug, on the opposite side of that, there's going to be an equally uh, big, in terms yes. of amplitude, low. Yes. And sometimes it's worth it. And I think mm-hmm. many people engage with drugs knowing that, yeah, I'm probably, you know, if I drink a shitload of alcohol, I'm going to be really hungover. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't do this often and I'm just going to own it. And that's all good. Your intention does play a big part in your, like, like if you're just doing it carelessly, you're actually going to have more of this high, high version of dopamine versus a more uh, longer wave of dopamine just because of your intention. That's crazy, but That's it is cool. a thing. Yeah. Okay, so chocolate's 1.5, sex is 2. Yes, nicotine is 2.5, smoked nicotine mm. is 2.5. Cocaine is 2.5, which I didn't realize was going to be the same thing. I really thought it was going to be more. Amphetamine times 10. Yeah. Ain't That's no, crazy. Ain't nobody should be taking amphetamine. And then so then he was talking about exercise. And exercise makes it, uh, it doubles, so times two. Can I just say one thing with amphetamines? I think a lot of times people assume we're talking about meth, crystal meth, like methamphetamines. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Adderall is an amphetamine. I'm not even surprised. Like amphetamines are, it's just like a fancy chemical name, but there's a lot of like speed and there's, there's, there's less crazy forms of amphetamines that mm-hmm. actually get called like prescription names to make them seem real, real normal. So it's not just crystal meth. It's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's a lot of things. It's drugs that uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to check okay. this. So the exercise piece that I thought was really interesting because I felt this many, many times in my life is exercise can double the amount of dopamine that you experience 
But if you don't enjoy the exercise that you're doing, you're actually depleting your fucking dopamine. Babe, while you're researching, did you hear what I just said? Um, no. <laughs> Please say it again. So exercise has the potential of doubling yep. times two your dopamine, just like sex. But if you don't enjoy the exercise that you're doing, it has the ability to actually lower your dopamine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have to enjoy. So everyone who's like, well, I'm just going to work out because like I have to do it. Uh-uh. You're actually- It actually depletes your dopamine. It actually depletes you wow. then actually supports you. So that's why it's so important to actually do stuff and move with your body in a way that feels really, really good for you. And here's the other thing we tend to do when it comes to exercise. Adderall is an amphetamine. Good to know. Confirmed. Confirmed. So another thing that we tend to do, or little dopamine addicts over here, all of us, we live in a dopamine nation. There's actually a book called Dopamine Nation, by the way. And she works with Andrew Huberman. I didn't even know that. Mm. Um, this woman, I forget her name. But we get so addicted to, yeah, this like, like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to use myself as an example. So I've been working out for 10 years and I've had years worth of just like really amazing workouts, like routines that I love, like playlists, pre-workouts, outfits that feel good. I go in the gym. I just like, I know what I'm doing, like the efforting, like the reward, all of it. It feels fucking good. And then a couple months, couple years go by and I'm not experiencing the same high anymore. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Did I lose motivation? Like, am, do I just not like working out anymore? Like, why am I not getting the same sense of like fulfillment from this thing that I used to? And this is what happens apparently. So when he, would when he was talking about this, I was like, oh my God, this is literally what happened to me. The more we pack on these things to amplify our level of pleasure in those moments. So let's say the epic music, the epic outfits, the uh, pre-workout, the all like all the things that just give us like this, like, oh yes, like how much better can this experience be? You're just boosting and boosting and boosting and boosting your dopamine. And again, because dopamine high highs, low lows, you then crash and you actually lower your baseline more and more throughout. So Every single workout that I went in, just trying to pack on all these things to have more pleasure in that moment and just make this moment fucking perfect, the more and more my baseline was going down. So then like one day comes and I'm like, yo, I'm doing all the things, but I'm not enjoying any of it. Like again, that, that, that story in my mind that was like, I should be enjoying this, but I'm not like, I'm not feeling the feeling I used to feel. So that is the signal that the dopamine is off. Like your baseline is off. It needs a reset. I was going to talk about up. I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible because I think it relates directly with this <clears throat> term you're using of baseline. Mm -hmm. So the body always wants a homeostatic equilibrium. So like this dopamine baseline that you're born with, it's like a certain level of dopamine is uh, desired by the body. Mm-hmm. And if you think of like each cell has like a bunch of little sockets, dopamine is like a chemical that goes in, plugs into the socket and activates the circuitry. If there's a ton of dopamine floating around in your system, the body says there's way more dopamine than we should have. So to regulate this, we're going to remove some of the sockets on the cells. I'm not sure if I'm following you here. All right. Well, thank you for the honesty. <laughs> so 
and I'll just uh, go take a nap. <laughs> the more, okay, your body wants a certain amount of dopamine. Yes. If there's way more in your system, the body down regulates the amount of receptors to try and get back into equilibrium. Yes. yes. Which means that at a base level, without mm-hmm. that injection of dopamine, you need way more dopamine to get the same feeling. Yeah. Right? So that's where the like, baseline effect. Yeah, shit doesn't work anymore. That's why we always want like the next the next thing, you know, to right. make it. You're like, okay, well, pre-workout didn't work. So what what else am I going to try? Right. You know, like the and next level. Like add the stack of dopamine tricks yeah, all to the, the bag. Shit. And what you, it's kind of like, it's basically the same thing. This is the same mechanism that underlies drug addiction. The drug addict needs more and more, a higher and higher dose to get the same high. Mm-hmm. And then when they're not taking drugs, they feel miserable because their body has downregulated those receptors so heavily yeah. that you require a giant dose of this drug yeah. to just feel the simplest, the simplest uh, non-pain, yeah. to just feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah, And this is what withdrawal is, right? Yeah. Like literally withdrawal is you stop taking the drug. There are so few receptors in your body for this chemical that you go, you feel absolutely terrible, like dog shit until your body. And then... The whole goal is you go cold turkey. Your body says, mm-hmm. oh, there's not enough dopamine. Now we're going to put more receptors. Yep. It upregulates. And then your baseline level is at that happy equilibrium again. It definitely takes a lot of like self-awareness because when I stopped, it was interesting what I was experiencing when I stopped social media because it wasn't, it's not that I was, how do I explain this? I could just feel like I was just picking it up just to pick it up kind of thing. And You're like checking I, the weather a lot. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> hold on, I'm getting there. So I basically took off and social media, it's like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like. So you deleted them. I deleted them. They're off, off, they're off my phone. They still haven't been back on. It's been, this Friday is going to be a month. So, so you didn't like close your accounts. You just deleted your access to the I just deleted the, the app. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's, it's still out there, but it's like, I'm just not on it. And so <laughs> it's like, as I stopped having something to scroll to, now my brain needs something else to scroll to. So I would spend probably like the first, the first week was really satisfying because I was like, yeah, phone away. I'm like reading a fuck ton, like hours a day. I'm like moving. I'm doing all these things that like, I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Like I'm doing hard things again that are like, that are boosting uh, a healthy level of dopamine that feels very satisfying. Like I felt satisfied. And then week number two was so strange. Cause I was like, literally my brain was like, I could feel how my brain was looking for anything to scroll through. I was scrolling through my pictures. I was scrolling through the weather. I was scrolling through, I don't even fucking know what on my phone. Like there was nothing there. And I was just scrolling just to scroll because I was like, oh babe, look four years ago. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally scrolling through bullshit right now. Cause I don't know what else to do. And then the shopping kicked in the shopping. I don't fucking shop. And then all of a sudden I'm on fucking Amazon looking at deals of the day. And I'm like, why am <laughs> I doing this? Like, this is not me. And that was really weird. Like, I was like, oh my God, again, thank God I have that awareness. Cause I saw that and I was like, okay, like obviously my dopamine's trying to re- reset and I'm, I'm, I'm hitting moments of discomfort. And the only way to reset dopamine, by the way, it takes full on minimum 30 days. So your week off social media is not enough. And so 30 days of complete abstinence from this thing that you're addicted to, whatever that is. 
And uh, the challenge is to not fill it with some, replace it with something exact, else, which is what I noticed myself doing. So of course there's like this good pat on the back of like, Oh, I'm not on social media, but then I'm fucking shopping. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, like this is so crazy. So you have to go through the only way to reset the, your dopamine baseline, basically because it drops so low, I need to bring it back up with healthy dopamine levels, like reading and walking and good conversations with good humans and like healthy things that we can talk about after. But you have to go through that discomfort. You have to sit through it because that, that is the thing that is the pain that your brain and your nervous system is going through in order to reset and to bring up your baseline of dopamine all over again. So it will create pain, but that pain is what gives healthy levels of dopamine in our brain. So, um, I yeah, like by the going way- through that, you reclaim the ability to look at nature and get pleasure from it. Yes. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. It started getting so like every day was getting better and better and better. And then I get like moments where I'm like, so remember that one day where I was just, like, I couldn't sit still. And I was like, I got to do, like, I'm like all over the place. Like, I'm like, I, I got to do something. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what's happening. Like I'm trying like my body, I was feeling so uncomfortable in my body in that moment. And I just was like, I was, I was trying to fill the void. I could feel myself trying to fill the void. And I was like, that is the pain <laughs> right now. I was just going to make a joke, but I'll hold off. You can make the joke. I filled the void. Yeah. you did. <laughs> I was like, I mean, this podcast is supposed to be this. This is exactly it. I literally looked at Nick and I was like, can we do something right now? And you're like, you want to have sex? And I was like, yes, like, uh, let's fucking do it. And I almost actually, I said first, I'm like, maybe I should go for a walk first. And you're like, what? No, like, (laughs) (laughs) what is that going to do? Like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I was like, so confused. Come with me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, ultimately that is like, again, healthy level of dopamine hit right so natural natural because i think you can't say healthy or unhealthy healthy and unhealthy mean nothing out of context right like well it's just like a it's just like a tablespoon of white processed sugar versus a strawberry yeah so to me natural and unnatural yeah unnatural you're right yeah unnatural versus natural yeah because like if you're unable to work because you're need to have sex all day. It's like, that's not healthy. No, no, that's definitely not healthy. So, well, yeah, that's like a, I think this, this distinguishing between natural, natural stimuli and hypernatural stimuli is like really important because like the strawberry is a natural stimuli. You get this time release of sugar, good amount of dopamine. We're designed for that. Yes. Versus, uh, freaking Mars bar exactly. is like a hyper natural. So you just said it literally coming. I think all this entire podcast would just be about that. This conversation about dopamine is doing things that we're designed for period. We're not designed to have the news from all over the world yep. at the tip of our fucking fingers right now, all the time. We're not designed for that. Like you're yep. literally designed to know what happened to your next door neighbor. And that's it. Yep. Like, you're not meant to know all these things and no wonder everyone is so fucking depressed and anxious and disconnected and dysregulated. Our whole world is dysregulated and we're going to do a whole other podcast on dysregulation and regulation in, in the body and the nervous system. But it's like doing things that we're fucking designed for. It's not that complicated and it is the courageous thing to do because it's so against what everyone is doing now. But it's just coming back to baseline. And for me, it wasn't, 
you know, when I found myself getting roped into Twitter or, you know, checking things more frequently and kind of getting overwhelmed with like, oh my God, I'm, I, Ten, yeah. I just took in 10 new pieces of information that my brain now needs a day and to integrate. It was also weird because like I'm resetting my dopamine. I am not on my phone. And I was like witnessing you in that too on your phone beyond like hours that we're usually on our phones. And I was like feeling that longing a little bit. I was like, huh, this is like, there's a disconnection. Yep. You know, like. But the point I was getting at is yeah. I, I don't have to like. I basically just created boundaries like in the morning, analog morning, analog evening, create boundaries where like before 9am, no phone, no phone for the first 90 minutes when I get up Yes, and no phone after 8pm. Yeah. And even, and I explicitly told you, I'm like, I don't want to look at my phone after 8pm. If you catch me, which you will just (laughs) let me know and remind me. Yeah. And so it's not, even though technology is a hyper normal, hyper natural stimulus, it's not that we have to avoid it altogether. We just have to be really honest with ourselves and self-aware of like probably all I can handle is 30 minutes of this right. thing so I get in I get out it's done and yeah if that works for I'd you limit the and, exposure and you still feel connected and you feel uh, motivated and you know are able to feel pleasure in simple things throughout your days like you know a hug or journaling or reading or cooking a meal like Oh yeah, I went through my muffin phase too. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, as I was resetting all this, uh, started. I was like, I need to bake. I want to bake. I want to do something, you know. And then I ended up making like two or three different batches of muffins. And then I went out and had lunch, and then I bought muffins <laughs> and I brought the muffins back. And then I started making more muffins as there were already muffins on the counter. Um, we had a tower of muffins. She's like, babe, I got you a muffin. I was like, oh yeah, we need definitely need more muffins. <laughs> we need more. Why do we need more? <laughs> but I mean, it's, um, it's good to laugh at and see yes. all the funny things that our brains will do to wiggle out of feeling the discomfort of not enough dopamine. The thing with that is that if I'm not basically as I was feeling discomfort and as I was leaning into doing something, obviously baking is not hard, but you're, there's effort in the activity. You're resetting your dopamine naturally from doing yeah. that. So I'm not feeding into the quick fix high of scrolling and I'm leaning towards finding pleasure. Whoa. Uh, I'm leaning towards finding pleasure in the effort of an activity. Right. Like, and that is what Huberman at the end of the day said was basically the cheat code of having healthy levels, sustainable levels of dopamine and increasing your baseline. Cause you can, you're not just like a victim to your baseline of dopamine and like, that's it. You're never going to experience more pleasure. No, that's not how it works. You're able to bring that up by finding pleasure through the effort of what you are doing, not the reward. He actually said that if you do something and you try to convince yourself that you're enjoying it just because you want the reward at the end, whatever that is, you're actually dropping your baseline again. So you have to find pleasure in the effort of the experience, not the reward, not the end line, not nothing. And I think about this often during sex, like not during sex, but about sex, like how most are just so focused on the end point of having the orgasm and very few are able to actually enjoy the depth of the experience and the sensations and the feelings and 
everything, all the energy being exchanged during that activity and trying new things like like that's that's not the norm unfortunately i think this relates a lot <clears throat> to people's relationship with work also because oh, yeah. i think for a lot of people if work is a means to an end and the end is money if you're only doing it as a means to make money it's not very fulfilling and you end up needing other sources of dopamine whether that's social media or sugar or porn or whatever to yeah. make up for that whereas if if your work, if you find joy and purpose in the means, mm-hmm. like the end, the fact that you get paid is just an extra thing that that is there. Yes. But if you find purpose and meaning in the means, in the act of doing the work each day, in yeah. the work itself, yeah. then you're essentially getting this sort of steady, uh, moderate bump of dopamine or dose of dopamine throughout the day yeah. to maintain a healthy level of motivation. Yeah instead of trying to have other things to fill that void because you don't have the motivation. Gesundheit. Sorry. That was a very dramatic sneeze. <laughs> Last time we had my hiccups. Now they get to experience my sneeze. Everything is fine. Oh, thanks. Fart? No. <laughs> you got so offended there. Yes, Tash farts. <laughs> yeah, everyone farts, babe. Especially when they're pregnant, okay? It's a fucking disaster. All right, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so just bringing it back to like how we get to shift our relationship with our dopamine. Um, he was talking about how this research, this uh, study that they did with the kids. I think I told you about this, but um, they were basically... You know, these, they got a group of kids. These kids love to draw. They love to paint. Um, they just like love to be artistic in that way. And they studied them and they basically ended up over and they were just painting and, and drawing because they loved it. That was it. They were, playing. They were playing. playing. They were totally just playing. And then over time, they included a reward, whether it was like a gold star or a juice box or something. There was a reward at the end of what gold they star. did. Classic. Um, right. And so afterwards, they noticed over time that the kids stopped drawing as much and stopped painting as much. And then they actually ended up stopping altogether, even if there was a reward at the end, because basically it ended up taking out the joy and the pleasure in the activity. And now the reward system was was coming online and now to their brain, it wasn't fulfilling enough to actually continue. Mm. So when we look at the educational system, that literally is like, I remember so clearly as a kid loving school. Like I loved school. I'm talking about like pre-K, grade one, grade two kind of thing. And then the more there was this reward at the end of like grades and things to fulfill, the less and less I enjoyed it, the less and less I wanted to do it, the less and less I actually was like in it at all. And the worse it got. And then you hear all these stories of people growing up through school and and having and figuring out, quote unquote, that they have ADHD. It might not be ADHD. <laughs> even. Again, you have to give them amphetamines i know to have them be able to focus on a task right maybe you're just getting them to do boring shit that has no fulfillment therefore yeah. they don't want to do it yeah and it's basically it's like so their, goofy. their dopamine level like so huberman was saying how adhd might just be a dopamine depletion that's it and again the only way 
you can reset your dopamine baseline with that specific thing is to take a full minimum 30 days of complete abstinence from that thing. That is the only way to do it. Are you going to stop school in the middle of a semester completely and have like no, no, most people can't do that. Right. But that is the only way to do it. And then there was this other study around this kid who was very smart, very motivated, loved school, this whole nine yards, and then got a video game and then started like just fucking ripping through the video game. Loved it, found so much fulfillment from it, just like really enjoy the experience. But then a couple months went by and he like lost motivation, super unfocused, can't even think straight, is always distracted. And all he wanted to do was play his video game. He didn't even want to go outside anymore. And his parents were like, you need a dopamine reset. Like we're doing this with you. So they did a dopamine reset for with their, as a family. And within like, I think it was like 24 days or something more focused back into the game of school, enjoying life again, not depressed anymore, not anxious anymore, just because of dopamine, which is insane. So yeah, yeah it's like finding you basically when you, when you find pleasure in doing hard things, even when I was building like our little night table thing for Willow and it took me two fucking hours the whole time. I fucked up so many times on doing that thing. But now that I know how dopamine works, I'm like, literally you have to empower yourself to find joy in the hard things. So I fucked up so hard on this one little task that I couldn't, I kept fucking up. I like literally three times I was doing the same thing and I was driving myself nuts. And all I kept telling myself out loud was like, I'm choosing to find pleasure in the effort, in the hard thing. Like I'm not, if I quit, I'm, I'm fucking myself in the foot right now. Like I'm not doing this. And that was, is that even a saying? I'm fucking myself in the foot. No, shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> You're just laying fucks out. Like it's, it's freaking Halloween right now. One for you, fuck for you, fuck here, fuck there. It is Halloween soon, babe. So I'm allowed. Gotta use those more selectively so that they're Sorry. more punchy. It's okay. You're fired up about it. I like it. I am because I just couldn't, I like, this makes so much sense. Like the level of energy that I have, the level of joy that I have, the level of connection that I have with myself and therefore you with life, with like nature, with like anything I do is so, is so there. And I really thought something was wrong with me. Like I was like, I'm, I, I don't know, hormones, like again, pregnancy is so easy to like, just blame it on, on everything. Right. But I, I just, now that I'm like back in myself, I'm like kind of questioning all those times during my pregnancy that I felt so disconnected. I'm like, was it just like a weird dopamine thing that I just like, I was just probably had something to do with it for sure. It's never only one thing. No. But, um, and then there was this other thing that he was explaining just to kind of wrap it up here in terms of like my notes, there's a lot, but I have to choose. Um, dopamine is very related to time perception, which I didn't know either. Yeah. That was interesting when I was listening to it too. Oh man. So, um, so working hard on something to get the reward only afterwards can make the harder work, the work even harder and even more challenging and le- and you're less likely to actually lean into hard work later and it makes it it makes it feel as though you are in like a time warp of hard work so it f- everything feels very very lengthy like there i mean it makes sense like there's no joy there's no pleasure right you're just like in yeah, it it's like drudgery so, yeah so um he was saying how 
when we were doing it for the reward, we are extending the time bin of how we are experiencing that activity. It feels longer and less pleasurable. And we start to dissociate from our bodies and our presence and the pleasure of the activity because we're just so focused on the reward. And that actually makes it harder for you to lean into that hard thing, that hard activity again in the future. Your system actually doesn't want to do it again. Crazy. Makes sense. It does. It's like who wants to who <sighs> wants to be self-induce a bunch of suffering and and shittiness? No one. No one. Whereas if you found pleasure in each moment of doing the thing, and mm-hmm. if the focus was not in the future, because I mean if you're focused in on the reward and the roar is in the future, you're automatically dissociated from the present. Right. It makes sense. Right? Like you're yeah, not yeah. here. You're not here. You're think you're you're your mind is in the future. Yeah. Whereas if you're just there in the moment for each step of the thing, instead of focusing in the future, then it allows you to have a more steady dopamine release Mm -hmm. and allows you to find joy in the process. It's like find joy in the process that that relates to health so much. Everyone wants to get to this certain destination of, I want to lose a certain amount of weight. I want to look a certain way. I want to feel a certain way, whatever. Everyone's so hyper-focused on the reward. Yeah. And then they force themselves to do shit they don't actually want to do for the sake of some abstract reward, which typically is not even achievable in a a short period of time. No, and then they get disappointed. They don't get the reward. They're not going to want to do it again. Yeah, and then they're like, well, I just can't do shit. I can't get healthy. Actually, perfect example today when I was trying to record that fucking podcast. Like I was just finding joy in the... I mean, it's not, it was effort, I guess, because I'm like talking about something new. Yeah, you weren't that bummed about it. So you, I wasn't at all. So Tash recorded a podcast 40 minutes in, something crashed, everything, nothing got saved. I literally just got up and walked away. I was very surprised that you were not, you weren't like angry or like, well, shit, I just did all that and now I got to redo it. I'm just realizing now that this is probably connected. And you literally said, well, that was a good warm up to do it again tomorrow. I was like, whoa, are you well? What'd you do with Tash? (laughs) Like, what is going on right now? She would be flipping out right now. Um, yeah, I literally just yeah. got because I I was like I wasn't doing it for the end goal. I was literally doing it because I was like I'm gonna talk about this. Like this is a really interesting topic for me, and it and I was finding pleasure in the effort of explaining something new. Like I wasn't thinking about this is gonna be the best podcast ever. Like I wasn't thinking about YouTube stuff. Nothing. I was just like in it. Mm. This is so interesting. Wow, I'm just realizing this now. So, so how does someone know if their dopamine is just super dysregulated? Like how does someone oh. listening to this say, I wonder if my dopamine's out out of whack. How do I how do I gain a little bit of self-awareness or insight about whether or not I'm dysregulated? Well, I think just by now they probably could have picked up a few things that I've shared that they probably can relate to. So like again, not finding any joy in like the simplicities of life. Like literally, if you're not finding joy in like The little things like cooking and making your coffee or your tea and going for a walk. Like if you don't feel connected to that activity, if you don't feel connected to people when you're conversing with them, like really simple, simple, simple things. And you can tell yourself that you are enjoying it. But again, it's that narrative that you hear like, I should feel something, but I actually feel nothing. 
like that, that is a big signal that dopamine is off. Yeah, you almost feel like numb because it doesn't you matter. You do feel numb. Because your barometer for the amount of dopamine that needs to be induced in your system to yeah. get any reaction, that threshold is set so high. Yeah. They need, you need to have extreme things in yeah. order to just feel alive. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's why people uh, manifest a lot more drama in their lives too. Because like just subconsciously and they're more in that dramatic state of like, there's always something happening. That is also a dopamine like hit. Mm. It is a hundred percent. Um, and your nervous system, obviously it's all connected, right? But like, if you're constantly finding yourself on edge or numbed out or dissociating, right? Always like trying to fill the void. Maybe you feel like your time is just like leaking through your hands and you can't, can't seem to even chill for a fucking second. Like, that usually would be a little signal of like dopamine's off or you just feel, yeah, you feel really disconnected and you know it, but we tell ourselves all these things like, we tell ourselves all these lies all the time. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. And like, we just get caught up in these. Yeah, I'm just like thinking about all these people right now. So I'm not even gonna get it further into it. But I definitely want to talk about ways that we can help ourselves to have level uh, healthy levels of dopamine in our brains after. I think this is part of the reason why people find it so hard to meditate is yeah. it's so painful to have. It's like basically sitting down for whatever, five to 20 minutes with no external stimuli. If your dopamine mm-hmm. threshold is so high, you're basically going through withdrawal. Yeah, you are. It's like, and that's, I felt that when I first started, I was so used mm-hmm. to always doing something like my dopamine came from doing things and I did right. so many things right. at warp speed that as soon as I stopped, my system was like totally in withdrawal. Yeah. So if you have an inability to just sit and chill for five minutes. But that's also your nervous system, right? Like, true. because remember I was telling you, like I, when I started teaching meditation years ago, I had a lot of people like, Hey, I'm really trying to meditate. I'm really trying I'm like, I'm really fucking trying and I can't seem to do it. Like my brain, my mind goes crazy. I go crazy. And there's no wrong way to meditate. By there the way. isn't. No, um, there are little pointers here and there. But like, anyways, so basically back to the nervous system. If you're in a fight, flight, freeze or fawn state, you are unable to be calm because your body, it's so primal. It literally thinks a tiger is coming at it. It thinks that there's literally a tiger running towards you about to attack you. It's not true, but that's what your nervous system is perceiving. So why the fuck would you be able to sit still and meditate in that moment? Like that's not realistic, right? Your system's going to try to protect you. So if you're dysregulated in your nervous system, yeah, it's going to be really hard to meditate. So it's not just about like getting regulated in order to meditate it's a constant back and forth and it's rebuilding a relationship with it that includes your dopamine like that includes distractions that includes a lot of things that you probably need to change like change in your life like it's not it's never just one thing um one little cheat code that i've used before and i still use once in a while is if i find my phone's getting me really easily yeah and i'm just literally not doing anything thought goes through my head, pull up, I pull up my phone, catching myself doing that. Mm -hmm. And even when 
like at the start, you just, basically instead of getting the reward chemical of opening up my phone and looking at something that gives me a dopamine bump, yeah. make the choice to not look at my phone. So put it back in my pocket. Uh. I actually start to get a dopamine bump from yes. doing that thing. So literally yes. the pleasure comes from making a choice to not do that the thing hard. I know I shouldn't be doing, which was hard. Yes. And eventually... Like it takes a lot of reps and space in your life to actually like think and self-reflect. But eventually you get it down to, or at least in the past, I've gotten down to just the thought of going, of the thought comes up of, well, I should take my phone out. Yeah. And you literally stop it. It's like, actually, I'm not going to. Yeah. So you don't even get, at the start, it's like, maybe you look at your phone, you turn on the screen, yeah. but then you look at it and you're like, I'm going to choose not to not open to Twitter. That. Yeah close it, put it back in. Yeah. And then and you the, feel proud. And right? then it's like, yeah, like, shit, yes. I did the hard thing. Yes, Amazing. I did the hard thing. Yeah. And it gets easier. The more reps of that you get, the easier it becomes. And yeah. actually, I think the more pleasure you get from it, because yeah. it's, it's all you turn it, you turn the pleasure bump from doing the thing yeah. to making a choice to not do the thing you yeah. know you're doing too much of. It's actually funny because I remember like the first my first week of no socials, like my screen time went down like by 30% or something, which is like pretty significant. And, but then the following week after that, when you go through like your, the systems or whatever, when you see how much time you spend on which app or whatever, it gives you all the, the, the analytics. Yeah. Of like, did your, your screen phone. time go up the second week? No, my pickup time, my pick, the amount of times I picked up my phone. Oh, wow. You can see that. You can see that. Cool. So went it up. almost tripled. <laughs> Your weather app time I went <laughs> through the roof. Tripled my pickup times. Yeah. Tripled. So like the, I think the first. Because you're probably like, picking it up and then putting it down yes, shortly exactly. after. Because there's, pictures, nothing, there's nothing to do. There's only so many pictures you can go through. <laughs> and by the way, I still kind of go through pictures sometimes, but <laughs> it's much that. better. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, I think I was at like 80, 90 the first week. And then the second week was almost at like 300 Wow. just picking up, but my screen time didn't really go up cause I'm not doing shit. I'm just picking up my phone. I'm really curious now. Yeah. It's really time. weird. Um, so there's that. So, okay. So things that we can do to help ourselves, this is again, things that I've, I heard through the Huberman podcast. Um, and again, I think he has like three or four dopamine ones. So there, yes. I don't know which one this is. Um, this is one of them. So one thing that he suggests is to do intermittent dopamine release. So basically, instead of trying to stack on all the things that have all the pleasure all at once, you do one thing, you know, it's going to, you know, either through efforting or through pleasure or motivation or your learning, but making it so that you're experiencing it for 30 minutes, an hour, and then you stop. You're consciously choosing to not bring it to like you know how people are so extreme they're like let's do this all day you're like no 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 let's just <laughs> let's just do this for 60 by people do you mean you <laughs> yes <laughs> babe <laughs> yes it's me it's the extreme i have freaking insane <laughs> levels of dopamine my whole life this is me this is me i'm a dopamine addict um <laughs> my I'm name's Tash. i'm a dopamine addict <laughs> so i mean I. it's true it's okay. if i look back at my life we all I, are if you're listening to this and you're don't think you're dopamine addict you're fooling yourself because <laughs> if you live in this world with technology and if you're listening to dopamine a freaking podcast nation we all have to be aware and there's no like bad or shame or but good it's literally just how do we do better you know what podcasts are good because you're learning 
you're learning and learning is a healthy dopamine. So people can, I'm going to say no to that because I've had unhealthy relationships with podcasts in the past where every spare moment that would otherwise be solitude and silence. I filled with content and I overwhelm myself. Well, that's that overconsumption thing. Yeah. But it's not specifically around podcasts. I, w- I went hard with okay. podcasts, like too many, <laughs> like literally never had a moment to myself of That's just true. like okay. taking a yeah. breath. Yeah. So anything can be done in the extreme. Okay. Yes. Anything can be done in the extreme. It's the dose. Um, it's the dose. So being honest with yourself, holding yourself accountable to intermittently doing things that, br- that are hard, that bring you joy and choosing like, okay, I'm going to do this for an hour. I'm going to stop. That's it. That's a really great way so that when you when you come out of that thing, you are able to experience because again, your dopamine has to drop after. It has to. And the way that he actually explained it and that made a lot of sense in terms of like back in the day primal days is like, okay, we got the dopamine high that would motivate us to go out and get the berries, right? Okay, we found the berries two, three, four, five, six, seven hours in. We got the berries. We feel that reward, that satisfaction of doing that hard thing. Now the dopamine levels have to drop because that feeling, that um, decrease is what brings us back home. We have to go home after, we have to rest, we have to bring the berries back to our tribe, we have to see our family, we have to reset our dopamine and then do it again tomorrow. Right. So that I find is like, because if you didn't have that dopamine drop, you would just stay there and search for more berries for (laughs) five weeks, you know? So that to me was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like the more I understood it, the more it made sense to me. Go out, get the berries, do the thing, fucking go home. That's it. And I think part of the problem in this, in the new world that we're in right now Mm -hmm. is that we can literally cover up the the natural dopamine lull that's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. We can just layer on Instagram, Twitter. So that's what he talks about. Netflix. Yes. And the idea is don't fill that space with more dopamine. Yes. Because there's no biological free lunch. You're going to have to pay the price at some point. You have to pay the price. Yeah. Wherever the more pleasure. And the price doesn't have to be as severe if you're not going as extreme with the dopamine you're getting. That's the key is like moderate your dopamine. It's not avoid it, but like moderate it. Don't have these giant spikes and giant crashes. Just like drip feed your dopamine. Natural dopamine. Yeah hits and i think analog things when in doubt go analog what does that mean no screens no devices oh yeah no computer no phone no no music like go analog do do a hard thing go for a walk go for a walk you know whatever like have sex with another human without Mm -hmm. a screen Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like do analog things reading analog Mm -hmm. so i think Mm -hmm. when in doubt analog is automatically going to be much more natural than digital Mm mm-hmm Another thing he says is not expecting the same high every time you do something, which I really like. So let's say you do something because you know it's going to bring you pleasure. Don't expect the same high you had yesterday or the day before or the week before. Just go in because you know you enjoy it. It's going to feel good for you. But don't don't go in with that same expectation every single time. Because when you don't hit it, then there's that disappointment. There's the crash. There. You're going to try to fill it with other things. Okay. Simple things. Um, when it comes to, yeah, what, what you just said, like in terms of packing on the things to bring more dopamine, don't do, if you're going to watch Netflix, put your fucking phone away. If you're going to be on your phone, don't watch Netflix. Um, he said also to test out different things, um, in terms of exercise, meaning like he was talking a lot about how 
he also went through that same thing of like packing on all the things for his workouts. So like got the new shoes, got the perfect playlist, got the new pre-workout, got all these things to go. And uh, now he consciously chooses to not, I don't even think he brings the phone into the gym anymore. He doesn't listen to any music. He doesn't have any pre-workouts. He goes in his shittiest clothes and he just does the hard thing. He like literally will not. And I was like, wow, that that sounds hard. Like working out without music sounds hard, but now he's able to find pleasure in that effort and that doing that hard thing. And now his his dopamine is lasting so much longer. There's, there's not this massive crash right after, and he's not expecting this massive high. He's just doing the thing because he knows it's good for him. And he's finding healthy levels, natural levels of dopamine through that exercise, through that, that activity. Single tasking, single tasking, not packing things on, uh, more, 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 just like really coming back to that enoughness of like this right here is enough period. That's it. Boop and period um <laughs> two, per- two periods <laughs> two periods and a boop <laughs> and a boop um i'm looking through yeah layering dopamine is what he was talking about um because it kind of teaches us to be satisfied with without yes. needing extreme things right like that enoughness finding joy in the simple things only comes from going through the pain of down regulating your system to be able to find joy in the simple things right, right. instead and of so, getting pissed that we don't find joy in in you know things yeah. that aren't sensational so literally we have to work like towards that. the pleasure of like going through wait where did it go I ha- so okay let's say you eat a piece of chocolate okay you eat a piece of chocolate you're like mm, fucking love this right after the <laughs> What are we laughing about now? Is it my fucks? Mm, fucking love this <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> I'm obviously very passionate about this topic. Um, so have a piece of chocolate. Mm, yum, so good. Love this. Here's the pleasure. Nick is still laughing at me. Um, here's the pleasure. Now the pain point, we think pain is like, uh, ow, it hurts. No, the pain point afterwards that we experience of that dopamine decrease is I want more of it. That's the pain that you need to be aware of. Like the, I want more, let that simmer for a second. It's going to dissolve. It has to, but that is the point where like dopamine just wants more dopamine. So when you witness yourself going through, I want more of this now, whether it's through whatever the fuck it is, just witness that, do something different, be aware that that's the dopamine decreasing. That's it. It's nothing about you. It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything about your motivation or whatever. And just let it ride. And it's going to leave. It's going to dissolve and it's going to reset. So I think that was a very important thing to kind of witness is the pain and the I want more. And doing the hard thing and putting the phone down. (sighs) I think that was good for today. I think that was good. I mean, I have more, but yeah. I think that was good. Well, we'll do more episodes on this. And I think, you know, there's little avenues within the Mm -hmm. topic of dopamine that we can kind of explore in a little bit more detail. Yeah. But I think as a whole, I mean, if there's one moral of this whole conversation, it's that it's extremely easy to constantly pump ourselves with dopamine all day long. Oh, yeah. And the yo-yo of getting the huge high 
and then the pendulum swings and you got to pay yeah. the price, which is the low, low leads us to this point where like our whole system just gets rocked because yep. it's just getting flooded with this chemical trying to figure out what's up. And then we feel like shit. And now we can cover up the feeling like shit with other little dopamine bumps. And we literally right. just fatigue our entire neurochemical system yep. and create a shitstorm of just feeling terrible and anxious and depressed and not finding joy or pleasure in anything. And I think... And the worst part yeah. in this, I think the most detri detrimental piece of that, when that happens, so people lose healthy levels of motivation of pleasure of learning and it's just because of dopamine and they make it mean something about them and who they are so then there's shame and there's guilt and when you're in those energies it is hard to get out of because you're literally you're making it worse just by thinking there's something wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you you have wacky levels of dopamine in your brain you're dysregulated. You need the proper tools to come back into yourself. And it's not that hard, but you have to do, or I was going to say, yeah, it is hard. It is hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard, but it's very, very worth it. And you are worth it. And I think we all deserve to be able to experience life and like find such deep levels of joy through the simplest fucking things like honestly the level of joy I've been able to experience like I don't know if it's like third trimester stuff because I literally feel high but like there's a lot of times that I just I'm like oh my god my life is so incredible and I and I feel it like I'm not just trying to convince myself of that through my mind and my brain only it's like a feeling like the other day we're just sitting here the simplest thing like on the ground eating dinner our dog is on the couch. Like, I don't know. I love the lighting that's happening. And I was just like, I could literally cry like as to how good this feels. And I was like, I want more of that. That's, that is the life I want. And I know a lot of people want that too. And it's not because we have more things or are more of whatever. <laughs> like we, we have these stories of like, oh, well, when I have this or that, then I'll be, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's like your ability to feel the connection to what is through your system, through your body, through your brain, through your heart by regulating yourself on multiple levels. Um, yeah. Yeah. When we stop ODing on dopamine, we can start to really squeeze the juice of life. Yeah. Yeah. So last thing I'll say is next time you experience a moment of friction, Okay, this is what Mr. Huberman was saying. Why am I saying his weird <laughs> name so weird? I was going to call you on it. Huberman. Andrew, if you're listening to this, <laughs> sorry. Um, so next time you meet really intense friction, whether it's through a conversation, you're doing something hard, you can't figure it out, it's just feeling really frustrating. It's what he. This is what he says to say. This is painful. This will increase my baseline of dopamine later and forever because you can you can continuously increase it. And I'm choosing to find pleasure in the effort of. So in that moment, you're literally doing it by choice. You could walk away if you wanted to. You could. And I'm not saying to stay in toxic relationships, okay? Like don't don't be that person. That's not what I'm relating to. Um 
but you're choosing to find pleasure in the effort. And that is what's going to really support your dopamine levels in your brain. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening, Jedi fam. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're not doing our questions tonight. We no, kinda, we're not. We'll circle back to that at some point. It's Thursday night. It's 8.30 p.m. We gonna go for a walk with our dog deuce. Now you're the southern one. <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. Y'all. We hope that that was useful. Yeah, I hope so. Let us know. We have an email, by the way, now. We do? Yes, we do. What so is it? It's called JediFanPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, shit. So if you guys want to let us know what you got from this, yeah, tell us about it. Like, what inspired you from this episode? Did you get anything from it? Was it confusing? Was it clear? I just like, I really like to connect with you guys, truly. Whether it's on this podcast or my podcast, but just like hearing from you guys and your experience and what you're getting from this is amazing. So JediFanPodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can just scroll in the show notes and find it there. Cool. So we want to hear from you guys. That's it. That's it. Ciao. See you guys soon.